So today's ad slot isn't sponsored. Instead, I want to tell you about a charity I work with who could really do with some extra help right now. I'd like you to contemplate for a moment about how you feel when you're really hungry, or if you have a child, how they behave when they're hungry. Terrible, right? Hunger affects everything. Behavior, mood, concentration, ability to learn. A hungry person, and especially a hungry child, isn't anywhere near their best self. Magic Breakfast provides free, nutritious breakfasts to over 1,000 primary, secondary, and ASL special educational needs schools across the UK. Every school day, they offer breakfasts to up to 200,000 children. But it's also not just about the food. I've visited their schools and their clubs also serve as a place for children to come together, get support from teachers, catch up on homework, relax with friends, even get their hair braided. How needed is this charity? Sadly, very, and more so than ever. According to government statistics before COVID, around 1.7 million children in the UK were living with food insecurity, meaning that they're at risk of hunger in the morning. That number is now looking closer to 4 million. And of course, with the cost of living crisis, it's just rising. I volunteer with Magic Breakfast. I'm on their development board and I know the money goes where it's needed to supporting children as well as lobbying for policy change to encourage the government to step in. Magic Breakfast actually always say that their ultimate aim is to make themselves obsolete, to end child hunger for good. If you have the ability to support a hungry child, please do check them out. It's magicbreakfast.com. Thank you. This woman said to me, Joe, someone out there right now thinks you're a shit and there's nothing you can do about it. And I found that one of the most liberating pieces of advice I've ever. And I come back to that time and time again. It's all of that stuff you learn in therapy. Other people's opinion of you is not your business. You know, all of that. And it's actually, you really do need to remember that sometimes because we all get caught up in, we all care about it. But every now and again, I have to take stuff and go, you know what? I can't control what that person thinks of me. As, and as long as I kind of feel like I've acted to the best of my ability as a best human being, then that's, that's the best I can do. Welcome to Priorities, the podcast about the things in life that really matter. I'm your host, journalist and coach Lily Silverton, and each week, along with a roster of incredible guests, I'll be exploring how priorities inform and transform our lives, sharing mindset tips, strategies, tools, and inspiration to help you prioritize your own life. We'll be covering what we think is important and unimportant, what we'd like to work on a little more, and the moments that changed our priorities and lives forever. I hope you enjoy. My guest today is multi-award winning editor, broadcaster, and charity CEO, Jo Elvin. Jo has launched and helmed some of Britain's most successful women's magazines, including Glamour, which under her editorship became the biggest selling women's magazine in the UK and Europe. She was the editor of Sugar, my personal favorite magazine as a young teen, and more recently was the editor of the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, the most widely read women's magazine in Britain with close to 2 million readers every week. In April 2022, Jo resigned from You and did a whole life pivot. She is now the CEO of the charity Children with Cancer UK, and she balances this alongside her podcast fame, her substack, my goodness, and her broadcasting work where she regularly presents on shows such as Lorraine and This Morning, 
in addition to having hosted Palace Confidential since its launch in 2019. As if that's not more than enough for one person, if not two or three, Joe is an active campaigner for menopause mandate, a group of politicians, medical professionals, journalists and celebrities who want to improve menopause information and care for all women. This is so great. It's normally me asking the questions. I just have to (laughs) sit here and say things. Yeah. Well, welcome, Joe. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. I like your books. They look so pretty. Oh, color-coded. Yeah. I've got too many. That would be my life's work to color code them. So they're not color coded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of pointless color coding them. because No, it looks good. <laughs> I noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, my first question is always, do you have a routine in the morning? Um, yeah, probably. And it's not like a, it, it's not in any way mindful or about, you know, living my best life. The dog needs walking, the child needs dragging out of bed and I need to get to work. So there is a routine, but it's one that's very much imposed on me by life. Um, but, but having said that, it, it, my husband and I take turns to walk the dog. So like I tend to do three mornings cause he has to go super early three mornings a week. And I like that it's that forced moment where you just out having a bit of a wander, getting that time to collect your thoughts before the day starts. I love, you know, I find it quite meditative just watching the dog pootle around and enjoy herself sniffing everything and and other dogs are really cute. So I, I enjoy that time of the morning, but it it's beyond that. It's usually pretty rushed, just bang, 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 get out the door and then get to work. Yeah. Are you a routine kind of person full stop? Um, probably loosely. I, I like... I mean, one of the reasons that I gave up my full-time job was to try and get rid of some of that rigid rigidity and sort of have moments where there is room for flexibility. Like last week, I got invited to go on a body camp retreat in Spain. And my default was I read the email inviting me and it, it, it was like, I didn't even think a split second. I was like, you haven't got time. And then I was like, hang on a minute. Your whole point of changing your working pattern was so that you could have time for this. So I was like, oh my God, I can go. So I I think that, you know, there's three days a week I work for a charity and those days are very, very intense because it is three days a week and you're packing in a lot. And, you know, ultimately that job bleeds into other days of the week in little bits and pieces. And then on Thursdays, I film a a little TV show for the male. So that's a rigid commitment in the diary. Fridays tend to be more flexible. And if I'm, if I've got something to write, I'll sit and write it. And if I haven't, I'll think I should get ahead on like this thing that I need to write or that thing that I need to do. And I never do. I always end up just sort of like having a nice leisurely day if I, if, if my schedule allows it. Yeah. Do you deal well under pressure? Yeah, I think I do. Um, because I've taught myself how to ask for help when I need it. I've taught myself how to um, really just step back from all the things stressing me out and figure out what really, really needs to get done and what can wait and what doesn't need to get done. Um, I'm not scared of deadlines because that's been my whole life has been around them. There's always flexibility. There's always a solution to get things done. So I mean, you know, I probably have little flare ups and have a swear here and there or, you know, but, but no, generally I think I'm pretty good at at handling a a lot of strain. Hmm. So tell me, Joe, what's one of your priorities? 
think one of my biggest priorities, and it's really interesting, these questions, because it does make you think about it. And I think um, I, I, currently it's my well-being um, and th- that of those around me. I I love um, fitness. I love sleep. <laughs> I love good food. And I I think, I don't know. I don't know how you, I think you seem like a lot younger than me, but I'm I'm 53 now. And it feels like any year now that you're healthy and fit and your body can do the things that you want it to do is I, I don't take it for granted. So I really, really care about listening to the times when I need a rest or I need to take time for myself. So that I've realized has become a big priority. And it wasn't a priority before? Probably not. No, I think that um, I was only talking about this. They make you talk about yourself a lot on this um, health camp I went on. And I was probably quite difficult to be around um, in my 20s, definitely, because my priority was my career. And it still is one of my priorities, but it was, you know, you you don't have all the accolades and the expertise you do, you know, that you do 30 years on. So you're working for it. You're working towards something. I was single. I had no ties. I had no dependents. So I worked full tilt and I and I think I kidded myself that you weren't doing it properly unless you felt really adrenalized and really stressed and almost panicked the whole time. To me, particularly I think in, in creative industries, that's a bit of a myth you get sold sometimes that you're not doing it properly unless you really are feeling like your nerves are crackling under the stress. Um, so I think that as I've gotten older and I've had stress management coaching. And also it really does just come with experience because now I've had um, loads of um, work crises happen that I've had to handle and figure out. So there's not much that phases me anymore in the way it probably did when I was younger, but that's just, that's just experience. Mm. Do you have any specific method or tool that you use maybe that you learn in your stress management coaching that you'd want to share? A few things. Um, I think that I, I mean, genuinely, one of the things that I do is um, share, like, you know, just not not to offload and burden other people, but quite often, if something's really stressing me out, if I can find somebody I can talk to about it, even that very act almost halves the the pressure and the, and the horrible feeling and the knot in your stomach. It's just, you know, people offer to help, people have solutions, people just empathize um, and yeah, so I, I've definitely learned how to look at my workload and think that's enough, or actually this is this is too much for one person in this week or this day. This is too much. So I'm going to tell someone that this is too much and either delegate or figure out some deadlines that can wait, or you know, like all of that stuff. But also just things like um, Mindfulness, I find really, I'm not much of a meditator, but mindfulness is really great. Just literally taking a moment. I learned this in therapy years ago where particularly I'm very, very good at having a problem and going, oh my God, this is the worst thing that's happened. And then when that happens, this is going to happen. And then that's going to happen. And that person's going to say this. And then, and before you know it, you've really freaked yourself out about something that will probably never happen. It's just all in your head. So I've learned over the years to go, now, hang on a minute, right now, everything's fine. 
Like, and, and it really is that, that simple act of, like, if I was doing it right now, if I was really freaking out while talking to you, I would look around, I would like feel how my forearms feel leaning on this table and how my bum feels on the seat and look at something and just really notice it and just spend time just, just blocking out everything else and thinking and, and getting your breath under control that way. Um, exercise I'm addicted to now, it really, really helps. Um, it boosts the mood, but it also is just before I've seen you have done a 45 minute class and it's so hard that I can't think about anything else. So it's just things like that. And just also this might, this might not be the best advice, but like sometimes you just think uh, genuinely, if something's really stressing me, I think when I'm on my deathbed, is this actually really going to matter? <laughs> Sometimes just thinking like that just really helps. So yeah, or even yeah. like in six months, am I going to? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think what you were talking about earlier about spinning off into those thought patterns. Yeah, you might Catas- catastrophizing, yeah, catastrophizing exactly. yeah. or awful like. Yeah. And it's so easy to do because our yeah. brain is so imaginative, which is amazing. And, and and do you have? I I you know I still occasionally find myself having fights with people in my head and just sort of go, and they're yeah. going to say this and then I'm going to say that. And then when you actually go to have the conversation, it never goes the way it was going to go in your head. No. Better, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, but it never goes the way you have thought of it. So what's the bloody point? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've all got that main character energy where we think yeah. it's, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly nothing to do with us. Yeah. And also it's amazing because right, the brain can't tell the difference. Our brain can't tell whether it's like a real problem that's happening or something that we've made up in our heads. Really? Yeah. So our brain has the same stress response. And oh, that's stupid brains. Stupid brain. Yeah. Amazing brain. <laughs> it can do that, but yeah. not helpful. Which is yeah. so important, as you said, to try and stop those thought patterns because it's the, yeah. to your brain, it's the same as having a stressful experience. It doesn't know any different. Yeah. And you can get yourself really angry. Like, I mean, you know, and I will wake up from dreams where my husband's being vile to me. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and he's like, and it's just, it's so weird. It's so real when you're doing it. And then there is that moment, like for about half an hour when you wake up that you, you're you annoyed with that person. <laughs> it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else is a priority to you, Jo? Um, well, I mean, obviously, uh, my loved ones, is that is it really boring when people say that? But, I, you know, and it, it is, it's like being, being at home with them, I prioritize. I tend to be strict about, um, I love going out. I love seeing my friends, but any more than two evenings out a week and I'm too tired to enjoy it or, or function well at work. So I definitely, my, my daughter's having a really stressful time at the moment with just getting through her A-levels. So I want to be around a lot more than I probably was when I had a full-time job. So that's a priority to me to just to have that home office split and, and be present for her and and for my husband, so that's that's another big priority at the moment, which I've been able to, you know, make happen with the shift I've taken from from one full time job to having like a hybrid career. Mm. Let's talk about that then. So, yeah. how many years were you an editor for? Oh gosh, um, of one thing or another, mm. near, about twenty eight years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So there's a sugar. B Magazine, uh, which no one remembers, uh, New Woman, Glamour, and You Magazine. And I so I, I started when I was about 24, yeah. 
Sugar was my number one when I was younger, by the way. Oh, that was, that was, so it was really my, that my was the most fun job. But I mean, it was probably, that was when I was at my most sort of like, I'm not doing it unless I'm, I'm not doing it well, unless I'm panicking. So I must've been awful to work with in some ways, but we, we did have some fun. Mm. Yeah. And what's the shift been like going from working as an editor to working with a charity and being more? Uh, yeah. Well, it's been interesting because obviously a new sector for me. So I've had a lot to learn, um, a whole new culture and a culture in which I, I've come in and I want to slightly change the culture, just sort of like they're brilliant at what they do. And it's an incredible charity that raises millions for cancer research in children. Um, but I haven't been brought into, I've been brought in as something different. So I want to bring different ideas, different ways of fundraising, different people to the coal phase to help us. So that's been, but I've also spent the last year doing a lot of foundational work. So we've done a big rebrand that took a very long time to make sure that we'd got it done right. And so this year, I feel like that was, that was phase one. And now this year I can do a little bit more sticking my head above the parapet and raising its profile, hopefully, and coming up with different ideas for the way we make money. Um, and that's been, you know, that's been intense and, and learning to compartmentalize and, you know, ostensibly it's three days a week. So I try to be very, very disciplined about trying to keep it three days a week because I want to still do other stuff because the other things I do like the newspaper writing, the television presenting, it brings me into contact with people who will be useful for the charity. So I, I'm really, really enjoying the variety. But there have, there have definitely been times because, and I don't know if you find this, but when you're freelancing, it's difficult to say no to things because you're always thinking, well, if I say no, they might not ask me again. Mm. So I've got better at it, but there's been, definitely been a couple of times when I've been writing something at half past 11 at night and thinking something's got to give here. There's just like, I've, but then... I have weeks where it feels like there's almost too much to do. And then you go into a week where there isn't much to do. So it, it you kind of just sort of like talk talk yourself through it like a coach, like next week's gonna be easier. Just you, just do it, you'll do it. So yeah. But it's been yeah, it's it's definitely been a lot it's been a shift in the way I work and, and the work pattern. And I've had to kind of train myself to make sure that. I, I'm still prioritizing looking after myself. Mm. I think it's a really, um, if you can do it, it's a really good way to do it where you have those very intense times and then like fallow weeks, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I, 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 I'm definitely having fun. So, which is great. So, um, yeah, but there's, you know, it's intense. There's a lot to do. Yeah. What's it been like in terms of your uh, sense of self and identity shifting from work? Yeah that sector to another it's actually a coaching question that comes up loads with clients yeah sectors thinking about doing it I had it myself when I left magazines I you know felt very different for a while if not yeah it's it's weird actually I don't feel like um I don't feel like it's a big loss not to have that one title but at the same time when people ask me what I do it's 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 not an easy thing to you know, I don't, I don't have one label and I don't want one label, but I suppose it depends who I'm talking to, what I tell them I do. <laughs> I don't. So 
But it's well, that was one of the other things I really enjoyed on this um, retreat we went on last week. It was like I had so many lovely conversations. You know, the phones were away. And actually, I found that I'd be talking to somebody for 45 minutes before either of us said, what, what is it that you do? Do you know what I mean? It's like, whereas normally it's the first question. And it was really, really nice to connect in other ways. Because I think that we we need we do need to get better at, you know, seeing beyond what people do as, as the whole marker of who they are when you, when you meet people. Mm. But I suppose it's an easy way to place people. But I think because I, um, when I was at Glamour and I got made redundant and I had a like six months where I had no job. Um, so I think that was like an early precursor to getting used to not, not having that identity as a security blanket. So it doesn't bother me anymore. It's that sort of like, you know, what, what do you do question mm. in the same way. Hey, if you're enjoying the themes in this podcast and want to delve a bit deeper into prioritizing your own life, come on over to my Substack, Prioritize This, where I release weekly essays, voice memos, and coaching questions on priorities, habits, values, and generally the stuff that makes for a better life. Search Prioritize This on the Substack website or app. I went to a dinner the other day and the guy next to me said, the first thing he did was turn to me and say, so how was your day? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's how I'm going to start asking people I've never that's met. That's really nice. Yeah. My favorite thing, I mean, I've never dared do it, but um, uh, my favorite author, one of my favorite authors is a guy called David Sedaris, who writes sort of like satirical essays on life observations. And he um, he turns to people at dinner parties and says things like, when was the last time you touched a monkey? <laughs> and, he's, and he said this to a woman on a flight he was sitting next to one day. And she said, oh, can you smell it on me? And they had an amazing conversation. So I think that it's great to throw those curveballs in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not have such quite, as you say, a focus on what people do. Yeah. I was thinking about something you said earlier as well about getting better at um, like knowing when you had too much to do and how yeah. when we aren't so clear on that, often the more that we take on from other people, the more capable they think we are. And so the more... Yeah. And so on and so forth. And I think that culture is very big in magazines as well. Like the person that is, well, probably in anywhere, but the person who is willing to take on the most then gets given the most. Yeah, that's true. And I think you can, it's an easy way to burn out because, and I also think that I definitely had that in the very beginning of my career um, at a magazine called Dolly, where I was the junior writer. And I was so, I felt so lucky to be there and so keen. And I did love the work. But I, they piled it on and piled it on and piled it on to a point where I wasn't doing any of it well. Mm. And then it was like, oh, Joe's a bit crap. And she, do you know what I mean? So, like, you, you know, you've got to be careful that, that I think that it's really important to be realistic and, um, you know, and really be honest with yourself about, okay, so what is, what am I capable of? And, you know, what, I, I think it's fine to push yourself a little bit, but I, I'm always very wary. I tried as a manager to, to identify the people who I felt were too scared to say no, or sometimes people get a bit territorial and don't want anybody else to have the glory or, mm -hmm. or are scared to miss out on the glory of this or that. And then nothing again gets done well. So I think that it's, and again, it really does come with experience. But to be able to have the confidence to very, very politely sort of say, you know, here's what I can deliver for you by this day, but I'm going to need another three days to get that done. And, and I think that it, it, you need to be 
firm with people about that. And I, but again, it comes with once people have established, once people who who you work for have established, actually, he or she does what they say they're going to do. They deliver well. So if they're telling me that this is the limit, then I then I trust them and I and I respect that. But again, it's there are no easy answers there. But you have to get to know yourself and what you're capable of. Mm. And as you said as well, it's different times in life, right? Where you're able yeah. to, or different things that might be going on depends. Well, on- exactly. I mean, I you know some of the things I do now um, are made possible by the fact that my daughter's a lot older. You know, when she was um, younger, my my day was around um, things that she might have going on at school, school pickup, school drop off. I don't have you know, so so you you go in and out of phases where you know I, I'm able to do more for me now because she doesn't need me in the same way but she needs me in other ways so I like to be around if she needs to chat so yeah that's the thing it's like different life stages bring different priorities Mm. how did you feel at that time when your kids were small building a career well I mean I'd, I'd sort of I waited until I was 35 and I only have one child um and I have a very very uh hands on supportive husband which people still tell me is is rare which I think is really disappointing um so he I you know we've always been a real team with um looking after our daughter um and particularly he was always amazing because quite often my job had a lot more travel in it than his so I was away for the shows and and various other things so he was just to sort of tease me about the life of his life of being a single dad um but um so he's been amazing on that front. It was you you have more rigidity and there were definitely times when I'd be walking home in the evening and I'd walk past loads of people spilling out onto a street having a drink at the pub and thinking god I bet that, that I remember when at 6 o'clock in the evening I could suddenly decide to go for a drink with some people. Well all spontaneity was just gone mm-hmm. through the child rearing years like you know any time my husband and I went out it was something that was planned three weeks in advance for babysitters and, you know, all the, all the logistics that go with it. But now, um, you know, I can just phone my daughter and say, oh, I'm going to be home a bit late. <laughs> so, you know, it's, and she cooks for herself a lot, you know, so it's like, it just, it changes, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I don't know, it was a juggle, but it was a juggle that I wanted to do, but it did mean that um, there wasn't much of a social life in those years which I think is, you know, it, it didn't really bother me, but that's, yeah, that you, you, you can't do everything. And the, the thing I chose that I couldn't do was just be out all the time. So, yeah. mm. I definitely feel that now I've got a almost two year old and a four year old and I definitely, there's that sense of freedom and spontaneity. Yeah. It can't, it, it'll be back it quite, will, a few, it, right. quite a few years yeah. away, but it will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you feel you've prioritized Joe? Um, I prioritize, this might sound really twatty. Um, I prioritize laughing. I think it's the most, it it really, even in the darkest hours, it can make such a difference. Um, I seek out the people I seek out are the people who make me laugh. Um, the people who appreciate my sense of humor and it can, honestly, I would say even on the worst days I've ever had, there's always been those moments where, you know, and, and if I am really having a bad day and can't find any redemption in it, then I will look for things on YouTube that I know will make me laugh. Even like, even like for four minutes, it will just make a difference. So I think that I, that's a really 
big priority of mine. And I think it's, you know, it's something that I really am proud of when I think about life in my house. We all, we've all got a, a sort of like a kind of caustic sense of humor and we take the piss out of each other and we, um, you know, but it, it's all loving and good fun. And even at home, my, my daughter really makes me laugh. So that's, that's hugely important to me. What kind of, um, what kind of things do you seek out on YouTube to make you laugh? <laughs> um, bad lips, bad lip reading clips are very, very funny. Um, anything Monty Python, um, this is dreadful, but, um, models falling over on the runway. <laughs> I'm sorry, models, but it's really funny. So yeah, <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. Full yeah. Breath. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I was looking at something on Instagram the other day that really made me laugh and sort of. What was it? Again, I can't remember. It was like one of those comedians, you know, there's like quite a few that are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Over there now. Yeah. Um, and I don't really like social media a lot of the time. I don't. Yeah. A very healthy place to be. But I, I did think, oh, it's really good to use for this purpose. If you're absolutely. Down to just yeah. Oh, the other thing I really like is. Um, the show, the American show, Drunk History. Um, I've never seen that. Oh, it's brilliant. It's um, it, it's like loads of actors who you know and one one actor gets really, really drunk. Oh. Like and, te- and, and tells a story, tells an historical story and then other actors act it out yeah. and it's just very, very funny. Yeah. I've seen this at festivals in the UK. It's called Shit-Faced Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's inspired by Drunk History, which is absolutely superb. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Do you have any values that you think of that sort of guide your choices, decisions, behaviors? Yeah, I think um I think loyalty um and as much as possible just doing the right thing um even when sometimes it's you know it feels awful to do to have to. Um I I I pride myself on honesty. I don't think brutal honesty. I don't like people who are just being honest and then say something really vile. Mm-hmm. But um, I, you know, I, I just, I really care about. Um, we were. This is another thing we were talking about last week, but on this retreat. But I, probably to my detriment, sometimes um, I trust people and I take people on face value, and sometimes that bites you in the ass when you realize you can't trust people. But I am determined never to lose that openness and that you know if you if you tell me this is who you are i'm going to absolutely wholeheartedly believe that until you prove me wrong and i and i i value that i value not playing games with people and just being who i am and being real and honest with people as much as i can mm. if that makes sense yeah it does absolutely yeah. <laughs> do you feel like that's always been something there for you yeah i think so i think that um i used to um i've worked in offices where the politics has just been unreal where you just don't know who you can trust and you you know you say something and it gets used against you 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 admit to a vulnerability and it gets used against you and i used to sort of like really get cross with myself for not quote unquote not being very political and then i just thought oh fuck that i just it's too exhausting so i just you know, I think I've probably always just, I think somebody said to me, um, yeah, I, I, someone said to me, I did a speech once to a room of PRs 
about, you know, they wanted to know what it's like to be a journalist. And a friend of mine said, I think, I think you've been a bit too honest about, but because I think I'm, I don't know. I don't, I just don't want to play games. And like, you know, if someone says to me, why did you do, like, for instance, why did you do that cover on Glamour that, you know, nobody liked? And it was like, because we couldn't get anything else that month. <laughs> you know, it's like, whereas somebody else might style it out and say, what do you mean? It was like, you know, this is the best decision of my life. But I was like, well, sometimes the deadline comes and you've got to put the shit cover on. And that's, but um, so, I, you know, I, I, I'm just not really a game player. This is the best way I could describe it, I think. I think that's a good thing. Uh, well, uh, sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> yeah. What's something that you don't prioritize, Joe? Um, probably chasing uh, popularity. Probably like, you know, I'm. I've kind of. I've got a. I think I've got enough people who like me, and I've got a lot of people who I like. But I'm not one to. Um, you know, I don't sort of like. I don't throw myself into situations. I don't like feeling needy. So if I'm sort of like, so if I'm, if I like somebody, but I've noticed that I'm the one making all the calls and all the arrangements to meet up, then I'll think, okay, well, you know, maybe that person's just not that into me. And that's, you know, and so I I don't prioritize needing to be liked by everybody I come across. I mean, I don't want anybody to think I'm horrible. But I also realized that I probably can't control that in everybody. So I, you know, so I, I, I just kind of like live and be nice to people, but don't desperately need everybody to be my friend. Mm. I think that's really, really important. It's definitely something that I had to learn as I got older. Yeah, old. I think we all do. And I think especially when you've been a boss, you know, and you walk past the pub and everybody in your office has gone to the pub and they haven't invited you, you know, because you're the boss. You know, so so I think maybe that's where I learned that. It's like you do need a bit of a thick skin in that way. So I haven't I don't prioritize like just chasing people to be my friend. So yeah. Mm. Is there anything you'd like to prioritize more? Um I don't know. Do you know what I honestly feel like I've I've got a good balance going. I would love to be in a position to see my family more. That's probably the main thing. Obviously, they're in Australia. Just got to get through this A-levels last few weeks because there's just not enough of a break in the school year to go out to Australia for a long enough time. Mm. Um, and I haven't been back since uh, pre-COVID. So that's something I'm feeling very guilty about at the moment so probably that would be the main thing just seeing my my blood relatives more mm. Mm. well summer's coming up yeah well winter there yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah well, I, I need some sun so i think probably october australia that'd be it'd be really nice there then mm. yeah finally joe is there any like piece of advice that you've always followed or that you'd like to share well, probably um, similar to uh, on the theme of what I was just talking about when I, again, when I was doing my stress management training and I've written about this, this woman said to me, Joe, someone out there right now thinks you're a shit and there's nothing you can do about it. And I found that one of the most liberating pieces of advice I've ever. And I come back to that time and time again. It's all of that stuff you learn in therapy. Other people's opinion of you is not your business, you know, all of that. And it's actually... You really do need to remember that sometimes because we all get caught up in, we all care about it, but every now and again I have to take stuff and go, you know what, I can't control what that person thinks of me. As And as long as I have kind of feel like I've acted 
to the best of my ability as a best human being, then there's, that's, that's the best I can do. So, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Can't control how other people are going to behave. Can only no. How we're going no. to react and our responses and all of that. Exactly. Yeah. So don't prioritize it at all. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. Anything you want to share about the charity or your subscribe? Um, well, if anybody um, feels moved to donate to Children with Cancer UK, I won't be mad about it. It's, um, it, it, you know, basically it's, it's an awful fact, but the biggest killer of children in this country is cancer. Um, people like to think it's rare, and I suppose statistically it is, but 10 children and young people a day will be told they have cancer. Um, and my charity has absolutely moved the needle in terms of uh, the outcomes for those children, the survival rates, uh, the early detection, the research that's gone into targeting treatment so that it's they're not getting the, you know, they, they're getting the, the least cruel, the, the most kind treatments they can have. So childrenwithcancer.org.uk, I would love you to check us out. Um, so, yeah, so thank you for letting me say that. Absolutely. All right. Everyone have a look at that. Um, yeah. Thank so much for your time, Joe. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of Priorities, I'd really appreciate it if you could make it your priority today to hit subscribe and also rate and review as this helps other people find it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.